standard issue for all women. Hello, Jen here, wishing you all a very merry betwixtmas indeed. Now, we're off having a bit of downtime slash being harassed by my daughter via the walkie-talkies that Santa, in inverted commas, got her for Christmas. It's going to be a real kicker when she realises the only people she has to chat to with them are uh, me and my mum. <laughs> so, anyway, to keep your ears entertained over the festive period, we thought we'd bring you some blasts from the Gigcast past. That is, a selection of our favourite gigs from our back catalogue. Now, I've chosen this one with The Boss, Sarah Milliken, Sue Perkins, Zoe Ball, and my lovely friend Carrie Adloyd, hosted by one Michaela Noonan. We recorded this back in 2017, just as we were about to launch the weekly pod scene. And I remember this one really clearly because we were buzzing so much about what was to come. Six years later and we are still here, which is nice. So thank you very much. I also remember this one because Zoe Ball was the nicest individual. I mean, all of our guests are ace, obviously, but Zoe was a delight. I also enjoyed the way the guests got involved with the oversharing early doors. Where are you on your cycle, by the way? In this podcast, our esteemed panel chat about an eclectic range of topics, including being fanny, bringing darkness to children and periods, because those bloody women, eh? Literally. I love this show and I hope you love it too. Alice Mary Bat to you and yours. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast! <laughs> I'm uh, Sarah Milliken. I am. Uh, what am I? Um, funny. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm hoping it, there was a bit of an accent, and I wasn't sure if it was funny or fanny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if I'm honest, I'll take. Oh, I am I'll fanny. Take, <laughs> I am fanny. Hear me raw. <laughs> the Standard Issue podcast team. Let's call it that. Is that right? That, that that's all right. right. I'm, I'm not your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, well done, Sarah. Well Thank done. Uh, Carriad. Uh, hello, I'm Carriad Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Got my own surname there. Um, I'm a guest on the Standard Issue podcast tonight. <laughs> um, I am also Fanny. <laughs> um, because in a way... We are all funny. <laughs> oh, Sarah, uh, that's uh, our new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> we are all funny. We're all hashtag, funny. Hashtag all funny. Um, I'm a comedian, an actor, an improviser, and I, I, I've, I've got that thing where I'm so tired, there's no censor. And so I'm literally in my head going, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. So say it. <laughs> that's why we booked you. We heard uh, you didn't have a okay. censor. Um, I'm on my period, so I'm feeling a little bit tired. <laughs> You know, in your, like, second day period, you just feel like everything's like, oh... But just, haven't you got the horny bit to come? No, I had the horny bit before. Oh, I'm in the middle. Oh, really? Mm. Isn't, that, isn't that messy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know I was doing much about this. But... <laughs> I just sort myself out, and I don't mind it. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> I get the horny bit before... Oh, Wait, then so you've got to get it in quick. Yeah, and then he, then he, he's all happy. Then I'm like, oh, it was my period. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything to do with yeah, you. Yeah, I wonder no. what that was. I wonder what was happening. But yeah, I've got that second day, like, so when like you're on the tube and if someone like accidentally busts you, you're like, ah, 
are loud. The trains are noisy. Like, everything is... Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> that, so that's the unscented version of how... Is this therapy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, OK, cool. cool. Uh, C, where are you when you cycle? <laughs> um, I've got a wall chart, if anyone's interested, but I'm kind of midday 13, so nicely in the middle. Um, oh, that's the best bit, middle bit. God, the bar's been set quite high now for personal revelation already, hasn't it? Really? I'm sorry. So done fanny, done periods. What else would you like to know? I'm sort of post-sponge. That's where I'm at now. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Sort of in a life after sponge. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of my life would, before was sponge-based, and now it's post-sponge. <gasps> Yeah. I see what you're coming. I was like, sponge, I was still on the fanny, period. Sponge, yeah, sponge, sponge, sponge. Yes, cake sponge. This is like the weirdest support group slash girl Sorry. band ever. <laughs> <laughs> we got news that Banana Rama were regrouping, <laughs> so we thought, there's time, girls. Come on, let's grass the metal. How does post sponge feel, by the way? It feels it, all right. Does it good? It, it okay. feels all right. It'll never be the same. Oh, I so don't know. Sad. So sad, says one person. <laughs> In other news, though, in, if we talk about news, like you're on your, it's, I've adopted a dog. This is my big oh, news. Oh yay! That's and so she news. is our pride and joy, and I love her. What's she called? Well, her previous name, her previous drug drug mule name was Tia, <laughs> uh, and she's now called uh, it's called Tig. Yeah. So oh. uh, we rehomed her from a place in Stoke, and she's really sweet. And when we first got her, she, um, she hadn't been spayed. We said, we're going to spay her. And the next day, she just... Bl- literally, it's like all the periods in the world suddenly <laughs> happened. Right? And she bled up the walls, and she bled on the carpet, and she bled everywhere. And so she had to wear a nappy for a month. Aww. And she's also got separation anxiety. So I was saying backstage, she has to come wherever I go. And I was uh, touring, and she used to sit in her dog nappy on stage. <laughs> and she was way fucking funnier than I was. <laughs> so a lot of focus. So Zoe... Yes, shoot. Uh, I'm sorry, Paul, and I'm perimenopausal, uh, which means I'm getting quite hot and hairy. I've read that magazine. Really hot. (laughs) I feel like it's sort of my last hurrah. Um, Has anyone gone through the menopause here? Oh, God, you're all so goddamn young. They did sound really tired, though. (laughs) Yeah. Is it going to get better? Okay. Do I do HRT or do I do the the funny tea stuff? We see this is this is the quandary. So when my mum went through the menopause, the doctor said to her, "You might get a bit of spotting," and my mum said, "Should I get some clearasil?" Can I just on a slightly related note? I was in the chemist today, and the there's no other line. The man in front of me said, "Can I have some cream for my asteroids?" (laughs) (laughs) It's just literally no. I just sat there, just waiting, laughing behind. Anyway, a spaceman, a spaceman in the pharmacist. (laughs) (laughs) Some very difficult asteroids. Uh, Mickey Noonan, shall I do? Oh, do you want me to say who I am? Yeah, oh, I like right. that, please. Okay. Uh, my name's Mickey Noonan, and I'm the editor of Standard Issue uh, magazine, and I'm still keeping that title for the podcast, but part yeah. of the podcast team. Um, oh, we could change it to, like, Boss Bitch or something like that, if you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is what my mum originally wanted to call me. <laughs> Boss Bitch Noonan. Yes, that <laughs> is my scan. name. It scans nicely. It's really good, I like it. Sue Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> 
does meerkat face. <laughs> what did you want to be when you were a kid? Uh, I see, in all seriousness, when I was a kid, I wanted to be <laughs> I wanted to be an eye surgeon <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I did. I always wanted to be. I know because when I was four, I had a really bad eye, and I went to a children's hospital. Now, like so many, uh, closed. But um, I had this really big eye operation, and when I woke up. Uh, there was this really sweet woman. I had stitches like, you know, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster going, right, and someone's finding that hilarious. The idea of a four year old child with a stitched eye. Finally, we've, we've hit pay dirt, comedic pay dirt. Um, and I sort of fell in love with this woman and I thought, I want to do that. And then I realised you needed science to do that. And I failed every single science O level I took, so I soon abandoned that. But yeah, that's what I first wanted to do. I wanted to be somebody who saved lives and, you know, uh, help children see and all that sort of stuff. And look at me now. Ridiculous. <laughs> I've sort of done the opposite. Um, but yeah, I did. You haven't made children blind. <laughs> you don't know that I haven't made children blind. When I found out I wasn't clever at science enough to be an eye surgeon, I set about darkening children's worlds. I will have my vengeance. If I can't bring light, I shall bring darkness. No, I want to make it clear I've not blinded any children. That would be a terrible thing. But, yeah, sure, uh, whatever. I'm not one of those kids that sort of thought, oh, I want to be in shoe business, because I was born in Croydon. And we, <laughs> you know, you don't do shoe... You know what I mean? It's not show busy, is it? You know, the streets are paved with concrete. It's not sort of showbiz glitter. Uh, so, yeah, I, was, I might... Who knows? I might well yet be an eye surgeon. <laughs> like the requisite GCSE in biology. <laughs> Zoe, what about you? I wanted to be a saw the lady in half trick lady. <laughs> yeah. And I, did, I really did. We can make that happen tonight. And it has to happen tonight. Not even the magician. I, no, I wanted to be the lady who was sawn in half. <laughs> yeah. And I did, me and my friend Eva uh, made our very own... Um, it was at Glastonbury. We had been up for days. We made our very own cardboard saw the lady in half trick. It was terrible. <laughs> And we tried to make people come and pay to see me sort of sorry, me sort of like shoved up one end and her up the other end with the legs is with a cardboard saw. Is that how they do it? They have like a fake. Should I not? T- I'll be never be allowed in the magic circle. But you're not in the magic circle. No, they can't not. throw you out. No, this that's this is true. Thing. This is true. Um, but yeah, I think that's accurate. And I, I've kind of asked people if they, you know, it's not the kind of thing. I've tried to buy one online. <laughs> And Don't I've got, give up I've the got nowhere. If anyone has an in, um, you know, maybe Debbie McGee still got one they somewhere. They must have in you the know, cupboard. Just, maybe with she her. just gets in it every now and again yeah, when she's feeling sad. sad. Oh, when she's missing oh, oh, oh. 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 <laughs> So she just climbs into a water tank or a saw and half tank. Or just gets out the shiny shorts and the cape. Looks down at the other end and there's no legs on the other side. <laughs> she's just there. Um, and she just does this to nothing. <laughs> so sad. Doing my sad. for one. <laughs> Carry out. What about you? Um, I I wanted to be Madonna. <laughs> I wanted to be Madonna. I didn't really understand that she was Madonna, <laughs> and so it was taken. And I, I didn't really understand what it what it meant. But I knew that if I put a scarf around my head and said like I'm seeking Susan, lots of the adults would laugh. <laughs> so that. 
that's how, that's what I used to do. Just and it just seemed to make people laugh when I said it. So I, I yeah, I kept on saying it. I, I, I thought this is good, this is good material, but I didn't really understand what, why they were laughing. But yeah, just Madonna or a member of Banana Rama. That was the other option. Which one? I di- I couldn't didn't know the, which one was which because <laughs> I but I just had the tape and I just really liked them and my mum liked them and I said once I could be in that and she said yes. I thought oh that's made her happy. That's good. So like the, like the sugar bibs. You could probably be in the sugar. Yeah. Bibs. I, who hasn't? Been in the sugar oh, yeah. bay. I've been in the sugar, yeah. sugar bay. Yeah, yeah. Early doors. So. Yeah, so I just wanted to be Madonna. And actually, look at her. She's done well. I, it would have been a good career choice. <laughs> That's on Madonna's next poster. Madonna, she's done well. Yeah, she's done well. Oh, she's done very well. Sarah, what about you? Oh, I wanted to be a vet. And similar to Sue, I found out that it was science and not just cuddling rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I was really good at cuddling rabbits. They hardly ever resisted. (laughs) It's got a couple now, but a different kind. Um. (laughs) I do sometimes cuddle them as well, when I'm sad. Um, Yeah, I found out that I had to go... Because you have to go to university to be a vet for even longer than to be a doctor. It's seven years. It's as long as an architect. It's as long it's as seven for a vet. Why do architects need to go Whoa, to five? Someone's shouting five, but my cousin did seven, so why? Did your cousin have to repeat a couple of years? <laughs> <laughs> no, or didn't. did you not learn everything? Did yeah. you go, not did bother you not about do... llamas, just fuck them yeah. off? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to okay. come up, is it? <laughs> uh, I did a work experience in a veterinary hospital, and I uh, retched pretty much the whole time I was there. And they, so they let me just label bottles for four days. So I think I could probably get a job in a factory. Um, but yeah, it's too much science. Not yeah. enough and a lot of death in the vets game as well. Mm. Oh, no, no, they just save lives. They never... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they never die. They never die. <laughs> they never die. I, they asked me if I wanted to sit in an operation on my work experience, and I was like 14 and I was like sure how bad can that be and they had a they were doing a hysterectomy on a dog (laughs) and it was a huge dog as well and they had a bucket on the floor and I sort of kicked it and they went oh don't kick that that's to gather the pus (laughs) and I was like does anybody want a cup of tea (laughs) so that's why I didn't do that (laughs) there's nothing like a pussy canine cervix to put you (laughs) on So that's a career's advice at school, do they? Mickey, what did you want to be? I always wanted to be a writer or a journalist. Oh. Or, or I wanted to be a lawyer for a while, but my mum uh, told me I wasn't tough enough to be a lawyer or a journalist, but she hadn't bargained for the arts. <laughs> and that's, that's what I started doing. And, yeah. So you're the only one that's achieved your goal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Carrie is quite Madonna, aren't you? Uh, look, I am 20%. approaching Guy Ritchie. <laughs> I stalk him and, and I've got a flat cap. So good enough. Yeah, good we enough. could we could saw Zoe in half. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, <laughs> saying we, we, could. we could make that happen tonight. That's an achievable dream. <laughs> what if we just got to like lie behind the curtains and just stick a head out this end? Would that be enough? Would that be close enough? I was hoping for a bit more than that. Oh. Yeah, I want you to turn me around like that. No. Oh yeah, <laughs> like on the lazy Susan. Yeah, on a lazy Susan. Yeah. <laughs> Not the first we time I've been can. called that. We <laughs> What would you say are the best and worst things about your work and life? Oh, blimey. Um, the, best, the best thing is that, like, as you'd expect, doing comedy and improvisation acting, is a, a, there is a lot of fun things. And there are moments when you are getting, you know, you're 
dressed as Hillary Clinton and you know you're you're <laughs> you're improvising with Richard Osman and you and you're getting paid and you think this is this is really fun but on the same day when you're locked in the cupboard breast pumping and um I just had a baby it wasn't just for fun <laughs> I wasn't just like oh god I just need to go and breast pump myself um no it was and and, and you've been there for, you know, you got up at four in the morning and you're not getting home till 11 o'clock at night and then they shoot you and then they're saying you have to lie in this puddle. When you say, can I not lie in this puddle? They go, we've only got five minutes! And, you know, so it's, it, it is... It's, I always think with what, what I do, it is what you expect. There are moments where you think, oh, my God, that's the best job in the world. And then there are the moments which are just not remotely glamorous and are shit. Mm. But you're not allowed to moan at them because then everyone's like, you're so ungrateful. Like, oh, but it is shit lying in a puddle. <laughs> that is rubbish. Why do you have to be locked in a cupboard to breast pump? Oh, they had to find me a little cupboard to do it, didn't they? And they... Your tits that offensive. Yeah. <laughs> they were. I've stopped breastfeeding now. They were, they were so ginormous. I'm really oversharing. I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, I, li- I like it. I'm I had a five-month-old baby, so... Um... Yeah. Um, no. How I've, quick? I've left her. I've left her. I'm having a drink. Yeah. <laughs> but also, not, not as big an art as Sue's rescue dog. No, I know. <laughs> I completely expect that with English oh. people. It's just like animals, like, ah, oh, baby, they go, oh. Hmm. What about, it's fine to leave her, but yeah. don't leave the stuffy rescue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, of my, one of my friends, we always call them fur babies because we've both not got kids, we've got uh, pets instead. And we call them fur babies, babies. And she started calling actual babies skin babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How's your skin baby cat? That is a little bit, that's a little bit creepy. It's a little bit uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah, I don't, like, I, I have to say, I absolutely, I love my job and I love my life so much and I've worked very hard to have my life the way I want it to be. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just, like anything, nothing is perfect, is no, it? There's always the other side of it that is also quite difficult. But I, before I did this, I, I mean, I didn't do comedy till I was much, much older, like 28, really, so... I did a lot of really shit jobs, like really shit. So I feel like I'm always so grateful now. If anything, if I'm on set, I'm so grateful because it's not Deborah Smith. It's not working. Oh, a p- I worked in W. Did you? I, I, so did Sarah Pascoe. Oh. We all, yeah, Deborah Smith. Oh. Did you have the skirt with the the slot in for the pen? No. Oh, that must have been before your time. Wow, I wish I that did. Was, that was the best era of W. Smith. <laughs> I had, as I had at every job I ever worked at, they'd go, um, oh, what size are you carrying? And I'd go, oh, do you have a small? Go, oh, we've only got an extra, extra large. <laughs> and I'd go, oh, I think that's going to be, well, it's all we have. So I had a fleece that came down to my shins. <laughs> and the little, I used to zip it up because it was so cold and I, it sort of looked like I had tiny legs. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked at Dummy Smith. I think you might have got my cast <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a pub where the National Front drank. I worked for... Yeah, it was awful. I worked for um, a a phone call, a call centre where you had to ring up to check postcodes. Like, I honestly, the worst jobs ever. So now, any, anything that isn't those jobs, Land I'm like... Land in a puddle sounds like a piece of piss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, not exactly. piss, but, you know, that sounded bad. Sue, what are the best and worst things about your work and life, do you think? Uh, the best thing is I mainly get to work with my busy mate, and I, it's a job where I just feel free, and I feel... Uh, very, very blessed. I've done lots of terrible jobs. I've done, I have slight attention issues, so I'm not very good in office environments. So for me, it, when I think about my job, I think of being able to just play and be useful. The worst thing 
is the having to sort of dress the part. So I, I love the chat and I love the interviewing and I love meeting people and I love being curious. I love the travelling and I love all of it. But it's when you have to look like you're on television, in inverted commas, mm. when they try and make you wear the clothes and the shoes and people are like, what are you wearing? I need some jeans. I don't know why they're... You know, but where, who made them? I don't know. Um, and Mel and I, been, I think we were voted worst dressed at the BAFTAs two, maybe three years running. And genuinely, we, I used to go to her house beforehand and we'd have some drinks and we hadn't even planned what we were wearing. And I had a bag of just stuff. Genuinely, like, just thrown in. Because I almost, I just can't bear to... I just feel really awkward. That sort of stuff makes... I, I just want people to focus on what we're doing rather than what we're wearing. And I think it's so incredibly important. I, I can't... And so, you know, those starchy sort of things, which are a privilege, by the way. It's a privilege to, to maybe, you know, go to somewhere swanky and it's a privilege to go to the opening or something. It's a privilege to go and maybe um, uh, get nominated for an award that eventually you won't win. But it's... Um, <laughs> and do that sort of cheesy grin face. But it, it, I, I do find... I, I, it reminds me of being at school. It reminds me of being at school and everybody looking super pretty and wearing the right thing and me just being slightly awkward and shy and stammering and scratchy and, and looking like I, a jumble sale had exploded around me. And I still have, and we all have, those sorts of insecurities. And it's at those moments that I'm reminded of them really, really explicitly, I think. And so, yeah. So I think that television should be done in darkness. <laughs> You're all about the darkness. Yeah, all about the... Yeah, you're right, radio, and I love radio. But even yeah. I love telly too, and, and there's lots of things that I do which don't demand me looking primped. But, yeah, it's the primping that I have issues with. Zoe? I think you look me. amazing! Mm. Yeah. That's very sweet of you. Because you're just far enough away. <laughs> Take a little step here. That, that, that's going to change. Is that your mum? <laughs> it is my mum, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She always comes with me. Always. Zoe? My job. Mm. It's, it's, to be honest with you, it's all a pleasure. Because, I mean, I can't really believe I've gotten away with it for so many years. Because effectively, I just bumble on, really. With, generally with no point. Um, and I do, I do love my job. And it's quite random. Yeah, I just get, get to have a bit of a laugh. I interviewed Warren Beatty the other day. Oh although he God. says Beatty. Yeah, and that was amazing. I mean, he's 80, wow. but I still would. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I was only joking. No, but so we get to do sort of crazy things like this. This week I've got to interview Kevin Bacon. Oh my God. Isn't that exciting? Oh, I, love I love the bacon. So um, so I kind of love all of that. But on a similar note, I actually quite like the dressing up because I have these two amazing girls, Heather and Lisa. And I sit in a chair, all hairy and sweaty, and they kind of go... And then I come out and I do... I'm like that. Wow, look at this. And then people see in the supermarket like, Jesus. Uh, close up. Um, and I quite like that bit, but I don't like having my photo taken. I hate it. Oh, I hate I that. I hate that. Because in my mind, I look like Christy Turlington, cover of Elle magazine, 1984. And uh, in reality, I sort of look like the woman of... Well, no, I'm not going to say that because that sound harsh against her. Uh, but anyway, I'll tell you later. And... Uh, <laughs> But also, they me. Make, when you have your <laughs> photograph taken, they make you have to sort of stand in all these sort of poses and pout and all that. 
bollocks and I can't do it. I, can't, I just, I hate it. I'm better moving as a still image. It's too, it's too much. <laughs> so in, too much. In, in your ideal world, all photos of you would be blurry. Yes. Because you've just been yeah, like moving that. the whole time. Or, or, a, flip or, or a flip book. Like a flip book. Pet, you might have come up with something there. That's a great idea. <laughs> just yeah. that's that's what, what, um, lazy Susan, Susan get <laughs> <Yeah>. it spinning. <laughs> that's what Hello Magazine should be. Just a flip book of people being like... Much more, be more interesting. Uh, um, do you want to talk about what's the worst and best of your life? Um, life. I was worried that I might have answered this before. We can say it and just cut it out of the sure. podcast if I've said it a million times. Um, I think the best thing is that I just, I love my job. Like, especially live stuff is my favourite thing. So this sort of thing or being on tour, I love it. I love it so much. And I feel sort of sometimes more comfortable on stage than off stage. I know that sounds like a weird thing, but I do feel like it's sort of where I belong. Um, and the worst thing, I'm not great at being recognised. Oh. I'm not, because I'm quite, sh- weirdly, quite shy, which is hard to believe when you do this for a living. Mm. Um, there's a supermarket uh, that I've been to a few times and when I get to the till, there's a lady packing and a lady on the till and she'll say, oh, I recognise your accent, where are you from? And I say, oh, I'm from Celsius. <laughs> and she'll say you sound like that comedian (laughs) and then then she'll say to the one packing the bags do you think she's funny oh no (laughs) and they at no point think that it might be me (laughs) and I pack my bags so fast there's tins on eggs it's a fucking shambles And it's the quickest I've ever gone from no migraine to migraine was by the time I got in the car, I had a migraine because I was so stressed at them discussing me in third person. Whether I, I don't know. Sometimes she's going, ah, ah. Um, So what we do now is we go around the shop together and this works out really well for me. When we get to the till, I sit in the car <laughs> and I don't have to pay for the food and my husband just packs it, pays for it and I'm like, oh, I feel much better now. <laughs> Didn't have to pay for the food. Uh, so that's what we th- I'm not very good at that. I'm not, like, I, I wish I could go, hey guys, it is me! Let's all have a selfie. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't put any makeup on for the shops. Uh, so I'm not very good at that. But, but that is far outweighed by just, you know, going to work and it not feeling like work. And Mickey Noonan. All right, Mickey here with an advert for better help therapy online. You all right? Such a small question, and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression, and while over time, and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much. That does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal and sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, it? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with, and although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. And as quick a fix as it seems to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, and push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution, in that if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down 
can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit, but BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom. Which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's betterhelp.com slash standard. I like writing and editing and words, so it's good. It's all good. This When when you first started making me do this, I, I love you, but I wanted to punch you in the cunt. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. I did not want to be on stage. But now I'm. I made welcome. you do it. I'm so sorry. But you're really good at it. Thanks, love. Thanks. And I'm glad you didn't. I mean, if it had been a little gentle jar, that might have been quite nice. But a proper. <laughs> if you're swinging it back, if there's back swing, I'm not interested. If you could go for a pint or a cup of tea with anyone from history, any woman from history, who would you go for a drink with? And I'm going to start with Cariad. Oh, yeah. Um, Mainly because you tried to hide on stage. I know, I did, didn't I? <laughs> I was weighing up. I was like... Because I... Oh, see, it's tricky. I would definitely like to go for a pint with... Well, not a pint, like a bourbon with Dorothy Parker because it would just be so entertaining. But then I think Dorothy Parker would probably say something mean about you at the end of it. She'd be one of those, wouldn't she? But you'd, or you'd feel privileged because she'd say something mean about you. And I'm also obsessed with the Mitfords, but that sometimes upsets people because, yes, okay, a couple of them were definitely Nazis. <laughs> definitely, definitely Nazis. They were definitely, like, but they're so fascinating. Um, if you don't know anything about the Mitfords, they were this family in the 1920s, um, you know, sort of landed gentry family, and every single event of the 20th century, the four girls were involved in, in some way. So um, Unity Mitford is the only person uh, who met Hitler and Winston Churchill because she was friends with Winston Churchill and then at the start of the war went over to Germany because she loved Hitler and she wrote to Winston Churchill just before the war was like, you know, dear Winston, Adolf really is lovely. Um, you know, he sends his love. Yeah, he sends love. <laughs> yeah, like, and I just think, I actually think Nancy would be the best one. If you haven't read any of her books, she's very funny, witty lady, did, um, <sighs> literally, sorry, I've had a baby. What's the name of any Nancy? Love in the... Love and a cold climate. Do you know what came into my head? Love in the time of cholera. And I was like, no, incorrect. <laughs> Good <laughs> magic realist face. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's, that's Gabrielle Garcia Marquez. I know. Um, yeah, so if they're just, I just think they're, they're just incredible. You know, every single one of them was involved. And then um, Decca Midford was involved in the civil rights movement in America. So, you know, they not all bad. <laughs> one of them was on the right side of history. <laughs> Two of them definitely weren't, definitely weren't. But yeah, I'd go, I'd go for Nancy Midford, please. I can't make it happen, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go, that's why. <laughs> Sue, what about you? I think I'd go for Pope Joan. So oh, Pope yes. Joan is pretty cool. Um, if you've ever read or seen uh, Carol Churchill, who's a great sort of feminist writer, uh, Top Girls, then, then Pope Joan gets quite a big sort of starring role in that. Can't remember what century Pope Joan was toshing about in, but early doors, yeah. early doors. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Let's say the 8th or ninth, but um, decided that 
she wanted to be Pope. And, of course, it was absolutely impossible for women to enter the clergy, to get an education, to do any of those sorts of things. And she thought stuff and nonsense. So just herself as a man, got an education and rose through the ecclesiastical ranks and became Pope. And the story goes, and had a child as well, Um, and the story goes that now, um, I'm not sure if this is true or not, it's apocryphal, but that there is a hole in the papal seat so that someone, a little minion, after the old puffs of smoke have gone up and they know who's going to be Pope, can just stick their hand and tickle the bollocks and make sure that the Pope is a bloke. I bet that's real, isn't it? Job is that? I don't know, but I'm now going to revise my thing about being an eye surgeon. I want that job. (laughs) Oops, smoke's gone. (laughs) Yep, all clear. Only if you always do that sound. (laughs) Cartoon cartoon fondling papal bollocks sound. (laughs) That's what um, Debbie McGee does now. Goes Which, under the chair. She's just one of those those women in history that, that kind of is a sort of shortcut to those stories we all love about somebody who just looks at the prevailing climate and goes, no, I want to do something bigger and bolder and better and no-one's going to tell me no. And so she, yeah, I'd how go for long, her. How long was she Pope? And was she a real Pope She was Pope for quite a while. She was she? Pope yeah. for quite a while. Where was she, she Pope really? of? Like Pope of the world? Just the Pope of the Catholic Church Pope. Right, OK, yeah, the, the Pope. There is no da, other Pope. Da Pope. Da To, to, to use the, the you know the, the Catholic parlance. Uh, is there, is there, is there a, you know, like when you go to the Pope's house? Yeah. <laughs> what's it called? That's the Vatican. The Vatican. Vatican. Um, is there? Thank you very much. Pope's house. <laughs> is there? Is there like a portrait? Or have they kind of ignored her? Oh, they, she remembered and celebrated. I think they've vases. written her out. Yeah, written they? her yeah. out. Yeah. 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 I thought so. Because, you know, I've actually been to... Outrageous. It's really creepy, the Pope's house. Well, I've not been to the Pope. I've been to where all the... You know, they used to go through a phase of going, oh, I've got St Peter's sort of, you know, finger and then all the weird bones and stuff. And there's a crypt downstairs (laughs) with lots of sort of murdered Popes. But no, Joan's not there. Well, she... Did did they murder her? I can't remember. Did she kill? I think they... Didn't they drag her through the streets? See, let's forget that bit. Let's let's end that anecdote on that (laughs) searing, soaring moment in history where a woman excelled in the face of the patriarchy. Let's cut out the bit where they dragged her through the streets by her hair and probably dispatched her. But, yeah, no, she's not... She's not... She's been airbrushed out of all of it because it's the biggest embarrassment. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But, yes, and that's why there's a big sort of... Almost like you're sitting on on a toilet seat. And someone could just put their hand under and give the old, yeah. I like the fact that they feel they still have to do that. Like, there's any doubt yeah. that they could, in they fact, They like be, it. They're, they're just enjoying it, it now. Oh. I'm also thinking of what you could put there if you wanted to pretend you were a man uh, that would represent... Oh, yeah. Bollocks. What would you Oh, now that's complex, to... isn't it? Um, um, if, well, you'd have so... to get... Uh, what I would do, I mean... I'd probably... You'd want something sort of polite. You, I'd probably just go for a couple of classic uh, water bombs and the old condom. Oh, yes. Oh, I was thinking, like, kiwis, but they may be a bit hard. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Be a very young Pope with testicles yeah. like a kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> or, a, or a lychee, almost. A lychee. A lychee, a lychee Ooh. I like it's that small. as a compliment for a man. I'll tell you what, though. You have testicles like kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> You want some proper boar bags, don't you? You want some really sort of Two voluminous... Two <laughs> I'd fill a couple of condoms, make some freaking massive great gonads, <laughs> and then sit on the old papal cushion and let them fondle away. 
that's me for you. You could just get some testicles from a butcher's or something. Oh, no, that's... Do they sell sweet meats? Sweet meats? Yeah. Yeah, what... Who named them sweet meats? (laughs) (laughs) A man. Is that a bloke? A man, man. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Darling, these are sweet meats, trust me. (laughs) They they taste like balls. What? (laughs) No, no, darling. Sweet, sweet meat. Lovely. I mean, mmm... Yeah. I mean, it's been a while, but I wouldn't have said sweet meat. <laughs> it's, it's not been a while, and I still wouldn't say yeah. sweet meat. <laughs> Zoe, what about you? Um, I just read this really good book called Flappers. And um, it's... A, flappers, thank you. And it's, um, it's about... Um, I think it's about six women. And I... Who's it? Tallulah Bankhead, mm. uh, Zelda Fitzgerald... Ooh. Um, the artists uh, Tamenka Limbenka Limbenka. Uh, when I can't say a name, I just say it really fast. Uh, Tamara Limbenka, uh, who was an artist, and then who else is on there? There's another three who I can't remember. But anyway, these are women who were all sort of born at that that time, and then saw their lives were just incredible because it was the sort of change for women. When the, you know women had gone from sort of you know being sort of seen not heard and and suddenly and these these six women the other three I can't remember their lives just the change in their lives and they were all wild 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 women who I mean Tallulah Bankhead was I think she moved to New York City when she was fifth. Dean um, and was living in the Algonquin Hotel. Is that Algonquin? what you said? That's it. Thank you. Yeah. And um, she was—I mean, she was going to wild parties, taking cocaine, you know, acting, doing all that stuff. I mean, her life was just incredible and it, quite tragic, obviously, because I love a bit of a tragic story. Um, and also with Zelda Fitzgerald as well, just wild lives they had. Really passionate women, really, you know, very, very clever, very bright, often quite persecuted. But I, I, I'm not describing it very well. It's an amazing book just to sort of see these six women whose lives changed quite dramatically through that period of time, yeah. and um, and how clever they were, and how outrageous they were to the point where you look and go, my God, the '90s was really quite dull. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, fu- I fully recommend it. I don't know who wrote it. It's called Flapper it's brilliant. Anyway, there you go. It sounds like it'd be more than one drink as well. Yes. It'd be like a lost mm. week and a half. Oh, more than that, yeah. yeah. Outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, what about you? Um, can it be recently history? Are you just going to tell me who you went for a cup of tea with yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just... I kind of wish I'd been able to sit and have a cup of tea with Victoria Wood Aww. and Carolina Hearn. Sorry to bring it down, everybody. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think that would be awesome. Why don't they repeat? Sorry. Why don't they repeat more Victoria Wood stuff? Why isn't it? Why, Dad's Army is on all the time. Like, why don't they just repeat all her stuff on the BBC? I think Dinner right Ladies is on Dave. Oh, is and it? It's I love Dinner Ladies so much. But so singular. What a singular voice. No, yeah. no one in the world could have ever done what she did. Mm. In fact, what both of them did. Yeah, I think that's a. I don't think that's brought the room down. I think it's really good to remember people yes. who yeah. excelled. Yeah. And they both excelled. And also just people. People who it feels a bit to me like without them, my job wouldn't exist really yeah, without yeah. people like that, you know, and, and sort of Joe Brand and people like that. It's, it's it's quite weird to think how not that long ago my job wasn't for women, you know, it was purely for mm. men. And without women being sort of trailblazers like that, it, it wouldn't have happened. So I just I think it would be awesome to sit in a nice cafe with. With proper napkins, you know. <laughs> Not serviettes or oh. kitchen roll like at home. Oh. <laughs> I, 
I am um, actually watched two soups the other day with my oh. with my with my seven year old daughter. The best sketch and ever. At the moment, my seven year old daughter watched it, laughed. I loved the fact that she kind of got it. And she like, I was like, this lady is really really funny. And then she watched it, and then she made me and her sort of reenact it <laughs> several times. And she was just watching my daughter try to come through a door, holding two <laughs> plastic plates, and put them down. And then right at the end, go no tip. Bastards. <laughs> it, was, it was such a, a lovely moment in my life. Ju- Julie Waters is entirely why I, I wanted to do this. Mm. Like, I watched that two soup sketch, and I just thought, Julie, I mean, that is, is again, I feel she's so underappreciated. Like, we don't, compared to actors, male actors, I think, of her age, who everyone's like, oh, like, Julie Waters is incredible what she's mm. done, from comedy to serious stuff, and starting out in sketch comedy. I mean, she's still alive, is my point, so we can get her for a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's talk that for next time. I think as well with someone like Julie Walsh, the fact that she's still going, and, you know, a lot of... For women, you get to a certain age and the roles aren't there anymore. You don't see women of a certain... or over a certain age on our screens as much anymore, but you get... The odd few, Judy Dench, Julie Waters, and yeah, she's amazing. Who would you? Oh, I was going to say, who would you have a cup of tea with, Mickey? Started asking me questions. Again. Oh, sorry. Okay, it's all right. Um, Did I... you just not have an answer? No, I've got an All right. <laughs> <laughs> Chopsy O'Hara in the corner. Um... Oh, can that be my new name? <laughs> Chopsy O'Hara. Yeah. I love it. Um, I would like to go for a pint with one of the suffragettes, but not not your pankers. I'd like to go with like one of the working class soldiers who actually had to give up so much and lost their family and were thrown into prison. And before that, though, I'd go for the drink before they were thrown into prison. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Um, and yeah, just sort of find out because that bit of history hasn't really been charted because there was no one to write down their story because mm. they weren't wealthy. So I'd do mm. that. True. Good. Thank you. I've got one, but if you've got a question, go for it, love. Um, okay, I was going to say, you're all funny women. Uh, funny women. Um, <laughs> funny women. <laughs> what never fails to make you crack up? I'm going to start with Sue Perkins. Um, Mel. Yes. Aww. Mel never fails to make me laugh. But it's, it's she didn't say that when she was. Here. She wouldn't, um, <laughs> because she's a graceless bitch. Um, <laughs> But her one saving grace is very No, it, but it's more than that. Just it's because it's not like she'll make a joke and I'll laugh. It's just the way that we are when we are together, and I'm sure everyone feels that when they're around somebody they really love, whether it's a, a partner or a best mate or a work colleague or whatever. But uh, I am seven years old when I see her, and I remain seven years old and playful and young at heart until I get on the bus, go home, and. Um, I, I'm just uh, profoundly lucky to have that relationship. And the work stuff is an adjunct to that. But, you know, we, we sort of met and we just found... We're little twin souls, so always. And there are phrases that make no sense to anyone in this world that I can email her or text her. And she, I know that wherever she is, like she was on holiday about 5,000 miles away from me and I knew that she was laughing and she would have got up in the middle of the night and read it and laughed and the same thing and they, uh, to anyone else it's just gibberish because we are puerile nonsensical <laughs> bellends the Daily Mail um, <laughs> but um, yeah and, and my dog in a nappy and my partner in fact I'm gifted with people who make, I'm, I'm very blessed lots of people make me laugh but uh, yeah I, I'll shout out to her because because she's been making me laugh for 30 years. That's quite a long time. So it's all good. That's lovely. Carriad? Oh, I mean, obviously I love comedy and there's a lot, there's a lot of comedians that 
I, I absolutely adore. And um, I, I, what, it's so embarrassing, but what never fails, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being so disgusting, is, is farting. <laughs> like, it just, my, I come from, a, I'm a, we're a family of farters. And I, I, I like to think of myself as quite an intelligent woman and I'm mean, well read, but I, I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't. But it just, this, just my, my brother walking into a room farting and leaving. Like, <laughs> and he'll save it up, you know, and he'll come in, give me a wink. And uh, it's just how my family sort of say we love you. <laughs> There's lots of stories. So, like, I've told that my, my dad once cleared a lift because his fart was so bad. He got, like, my, on, I don't know what's wrong. Our guts are bad. All of our, it's just bad. And um, we, he got on the lift. <laughs> and, um, and uh, by, like, obviously, you know, but he, he farted. Thought, oh, God, oh, dear. And then it, it stank lift so bad. It made, like, the next, whatever floor it got off, like, everybody got off. <laughs> and they said they all just turned and looked at him. And he was, like, just sort of shrugged. He's like, sorry. <laughs> and then my brother once, so family stories. My brother was on the tube, and he was really hungover, so it was even more... <laughs> And he got up, and I, if you got on the tube, like, when you stand up, your bum is at head height, right? So he was walking off the tube, and he was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And it was farting as he was going along. I can't believe I'm telling this. It was farting as he was going along, like, fart, 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 and he had to get to the doors. We had to do, like, a row of people. And he, and he said one by one, they were like, oh, oh, oh. Like, fart dominoes. Yeah, fart domino. Literally and then he got Fominos. off, looked behind, and they all sort of suddenly realised and looked to him, and again he did the, the Lloyd. Sorry. <laughs> so I just, w- I wish it was something more clever. I really, but it's just, it I always... I was yeah. on the on the metro in uh, oh, yeah. in tiny way and uh, and I did a really big fart, but I had a four seat to myself, and it was my stop. So I did a really big fart, and then I got off and I waited on the platform while four young lads <laughs> they had a four seater to themselves, and they all sat down, and then in the window they all went like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I think I think. <laughs> I think I would get on quite well with your brother. (laughs) I once wet myself laughing because as I opened the fridge, I farted and the (laughs) fart made the noise of a fridge opening. (laughs) (laughs) Never, ever, honestly. It took me ten minutes to get off the floor. I was laughing so much. It's so stupid, but you know, it just, it just guaranteed, just like a, a well-timed, well-timed fart is, it doesn't matter how much, I think because if you write comedy, you spend so much time thinking, okay, what would be the really good joke and good punchline? And you can't often beat some, someone farting at the end of something, will always get more laughs. Yeah, my brother once woke himself up on the tube farting. <laughs> was so, and that wasn't the, the noise, it was the smell. <laughs> When I was married the first time, I heard a noise. I woke up and heard a noise in the house, and I made my ex, now ex-husband go downstairs with like a bat or something. And he came back up and he went, "No, nobody there." And it was only then that I realised when it stank in the bedroom that I'd woken myself up with a fart, <laughs> and then assumed it was an intruder. It's <laughs> so perfect. It's like I just like that your own body sometimes. You know, we try and be so civilised and controlled and you try and present this, oh, I'm, I am together, but your own body denies you sometimes. It's like... <laughs> it's like it's wonderful. I've got a really good ability to pull the fart back up. Oh, before, that is, that yeah, is When you're skill. sort of meeting someone really? important or something like that. Somebody, that I get, can you, so you just do that? that, where you can feel it coming and then you go... It just, you can sort of suck 
it back up into it, your bowels. It doesn't then come out. Of save your, it for later. It doesn't then come out of your mouth, though, does it? <laughs> I reckon if, you, if you bring too too much in, yeah, it'll probably. Oh, that, oh that's pleasant. Do they that's teach really, you that? That's you must have good. What muscles are they? Muscles, yeah. Yeah. All of those ones, yeah, yeah. Can you? Yeah, can do it. No, just, no. just let it out. <laughs> no. no, okay. But it so comes back out. Skill. How long can you hold it in for? Days. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing about getting older? Big pants. Oh yes. Big pants, comfortable shoes. <laughs> No, do you know what? I sort of, uh, sort of, yeah. I kind of am starting to embrace the older age thing because you, you just to stop caring about mm. stuff so much, which is quite nice. I sort of, yeah. I think that I've had a bit of a year of self-discovery, and that's not spending a lot of time on wanking. It's kind of like just I've been sort of doing a lot of it thinking about the past. That. You can evolve yeah. that, and I thoroughly recommend a lot of that <laughs> if you're alone a lot, and because um, it does release tension doesn't it and it yeah. makes you happy anyway um I but find I, it, I find it better than lavender on my pillow yeah. <laughs> yes. far more effective yeah is there something though that if you a lady comes can i say that yeah. that you are then more awake I d- d- don't bother doing it late oh, at night because no. then I'm really awake away, afterwards. Out for the Does anyone else have that? When you're really no. It depends. If what was some... the question? <laughs> for me personally, if if there's someone else there who has <laughs> helped it along, yeah, I get a supervisor. Really... <laughs> <laughs> a manager role. I start calling my husband my wank supervisor. <laughs> Sarah, you're actually down 10% this month, so we're really going to have to work very hard. Oh, I love being told off. <laughs> if, if my wank supervisor is there, then I get, I get chatty, so it does wake me up. But if I'm on my own, nah. Then you're all right. Yeah, right, just okay. help for that. I don't have to impress anybody. <laughs> Sleep then. Okay, yeah. That, I'm glad we cleared that up. That's good to know. So, what was your favourite thing about getting older? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's gone from my mind now. Uh, no, I think, yeah, big pants, comfy shoes. These cost me £19 from Marks and nice. Spencer's. They They're are so, so comfortable. Nice. These two are wearing yellow shoes, which I quite like as well. Yeah, it's like not having to care anymore. I've got a 16-year-old son, and, and now I can live my life precariously through him, which is joyous. Um, uh, the only thing is I have to worry about when he's going to get home, simply because I want to go to sleep. And at 11, I'm like, when's he going to get in? Because, But yeah, but just not having to care anymore. I'm looking forward to 50, which approaches fast. And I'm kind of like, yeah. Once I get through this menopause bit, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, <laughs> then I think I'm all clear, surely. Sue, what do you like about getting older? I, I love the fact that your eyesight deteriorates <laughs> at the same rate as your face, so you don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a massive consolation. <laughs> it's just... That is handy. And it's like, oh, look at you, evergreen. <laughs> even know it's a mirror I'm looking at, you know what I mean? It just could be a bit of blank wall. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Uh, no, but Zoe's right. That there's, I, I, had, I had so much anxiety, I think, in my 20s and 30s about so many things, and most of those things were 
utterly irrelevant. And as a 40-something, I'm still anxious, but at least now I'm anxious about the state of the world and, you know, the fact that schools aren't funded and hospitals aren't funded properly and what are we going to do with the climate uh, change deniers and how are we going to sort of save the planet for those who come later and all those sorts of things. And uh, so my anxiety is better spent, whereas before Mm -hmm. it was just on silly things like, will they like me? And it's like, if they don't, they don't. There's an, the, great, the great thing about life is, is there's another person along every minute and they might like you, they might get you. And I think I was so consumed with the idea that people would hate me or think I was an idiot that I probably... I just wasted time. So if there's people who are young out in the audience, don't waste time, you're amazing. We were discussing this earlier on. You, you look the best you're ever going to look. You're as, you're as young and here from here. That's what she's saying. Embrace. And even if you're 70 in the audience, you're the best you're ever going to look now. You know. Get in that bikini and... Brrr. So, uh, yeah, no, I like it. I've, I've never been... I've never... Yeah, I, 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 I too will be 50 in a bit. Not for a while, but, you know, that's my next big birthday. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to embrace... What's not to like? Yeah. We're alive. What's this obsession? Oh, it's all down here. We're alive! Bloody enjoy it! <laughs> Crack on! I'm going to paraglide the shit out of my 70s, I'm telling you. I'll be base jumping in my 90s. Carrie Ed? Uh, yeah, I don't know how old you are. Oh, I... <laughs> do you? Do you? I am... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm 34. Sorry, 34. I, you know, I, because I do think after a point, you so I never know. You know, like, is it 35 or I, I sometimes add a, add a year and think, oh, don't, well, don't do that. You don't need to. I'm 34. <laughs> um, I think the same. I think it just, it just gets easier. I was in the pub the other day and I was speaking to a 21 year old. Oh, bless. And uh, they were like, I was like, oh, how are you? And they're like, oh my god, it's a stress because like you know this thing at uni and then, like my friend, and, but like my friend doesn't, and then like my other friend, but my boyfriend he said no, and then they text and it wasn't, and I like there was this bar, and I just thought, oh my god, none of this matters. <laughs> and it was like the first time I was like looking, you know, because I was like, I'm I'm still young, but I was like looking, thinking, oh, fuck, like, you, and I tried to say, but of course you don't listen at 21, but I was like, I did say, this doesn't matter. <laughs> she went, no, you don't understand, because my course and then my parents, it was so hard, but like, yeah. And then they didn't even say that, but I didn't know either. So I was like, I was like so yeah, I think you just, you just sort of slowly move away from all these thoughts and you go, oh, that was bullshit, it didn't matter. I mean, you're, you do start worrying about other stuff, but I think Sue's right, it just gets, um, it's actually, it actually seems to be stuff that matters a bit more. Mm. I've definitely got better at going, oh, they didn't like me. Oh well. Whereas before, I'd be like they didn't. Why? Why now? I'm like, oh, they definitely didn't like me. Never mind. <laughs> they made it quite clear. But, um, <laughs> but that, that sort of thing used to destroy me for like a week. You know, I'd be mm. like, oh god, oh god. Now I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I, well, I guess. Oh, it's because I don't like them as well. That's that's what's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you just stop worrying as much, which is really nice. I wish you could tell 21 year olds that so just give them peace. Just got all that energy and mind time. But <laughs> do you spending. think they'd be like, oh my god, this really old woman came up to me? Yeah, in a <laughs> yeah, literally. I could tell when I was saying to this girl, she was like a, a friend. She was talking sister. about her period. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, <laughs> like they were like totally. I was trying to explain to her, no, like trust me, it gets better. And she really looked at me like, no, oh, you're out. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I don't think you get it because like I go to uni in London, it's really stressful. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I thought you'd figure it out. And again, if I was younger, I would have spent more time trying to help her. Now I was like, nah, sort it, sort your life out. I don't care. <laughs> you'll find out in yeah, the you'll end. Find out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Sarah, we have to go. Oh, we do. Yeah. Sorry, yes, sorry, do. guys. We yeah, we have. To, there's a show on after us, and we have to go. Um, can we do it? See if anybody has something to plug. Should yes, we do that? We can do that. Um, do you have anything to plug? Uh, I am in an improv group called Ostentatious. So we do improvised Jane Austen novels. They are amazing. <laughs> well and we perform so at Leicester Square once a month, and we've got Edinburgh coming up, and we're touring. Um, so I should probably plug them. Uh, OstentatiousImpro.com is where you can find out where you can watch improvised Jane Austen. <laughs> anything to plug? Uh, first thing I'll say, have you registered to vote? Everyone ready? Yes, Woo! to vote. Because don't come bitching to me later on. Did you vote? No. Uh, so that, that's the most important thing. And I'm on Radio 2 on Saturdays from 3 till 6 if you're passing. It can be a bit annoying, but there's some good music. Uh, thank you very much. and did a thing um, I went I went down the Ganges from the Himalayas down to uh, went back to Kolkata and I think that's on in September but it's wait, listen it's a long way off don't worry about it <laughs> just don't worry we'll about it we'll remind them again just before that if you like. I'm sure I'm sure I'll probably pop up somewhere when it's a bit more concrete but um, I think and you're doing the fringe, it. in the meantime vote, vote you're doing the fringe as well aren't you oh I am yes thank you yeah I'm, I'm in Edinburgh I'm doing uh, 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 touring and I'm in Edinburgh you are good you are seamless girl so you can catch me in the last week of the Edinburgh Festival at the Pleasant sure. Chopsy O'Hara in the corner. Chopsy O'Hara. I have a tour going on sale uh, at the, uh, probably at the end of June, uh, and I will be coming to Big Posh London and uh, various other places. Um, And if you get on my mailing list, you get the information first, Uh, and uh, pre-sale and stuff like that. And I'm also writing a book, but that's outrageous. Um, Thanks. Two people are going to buy that. That's good. so much for coming tonight. You've been such a fun audience. And please thank our panel of wonderful guests, Zoe Ball, Sue Perkins, and Carrie Edwards. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good night. Standard Issue for All Women.